What are the things we cannot buy with money? Good habits, good health, motivation, ambition, right? These things need to be cultivated deep into the conscious for us to practice them on a daily basis. We need to keep being a better person to excel personally, professionally, and in all other ways possible. And today we have a guest who is deeply involved with making people's life better by helping them cultivate these qualities in themselves. Welcome everyone to Lena Parwani's audio experience. I'm your host, Lena Parwani. And on today's episode, we have very special guest, Tekha Salim. Tekha is publicly known figure as he has appeared in multiple TV shows. And in 2014, his own show called the Tekha Show. He's also international speaker who has spoken into hundreds and thousands of peoples around the world, Teka founded the internationally known Teka Group shortly after had changed his life for the better in so many ways. With the message, if you can dream it, you can do it. Teka inspires anyone who has goal, whatever the goal may be. His international organization, Teka Group, begins sponsoring seminar, conferences, workshops, global events, and producing videos to help people to replace their bad habits in life with good habits. Welcome to my podcast, Teka, and thank you for being agreeing to your time, and I'm so grateful for your time. Let's begin the show. Thank you so much, uh, Lena. It's my pleasure to uh, to be speaking to you and to your audience today. Teka, tell us uh, something about your childhood. Just tell about who is Teka. Well, um, I, I I'll tell you a little bit about how I uh, started this whole journey. Uh, I started when I was a kid. Um, I was born, uh, you know, in uh, in a beautiful family. My dad is a basketball coach. My mom is a French teacher. Um, they, uh, they always uh, loved to, uh, to feed me, uh, cause in our culture, uh, you know, we have the chubby kid is always a healthy kid. Uh, so they always had this idea of, uh, you know, continuing to feed me and to continuing to give me food. Cause it's a, it's a way of showing love. Uh, um, and you know, I, I grew up as a, as a, as a chubby kid. Uh, one of the, uh, interesting things is that my, my real name is Ahmed. Ticha is my nickname because Ticha in Arabic is short for um, watermelon. And my mom used to say my face looked like a watermelon. Uh, and, uh, you know, people used to make fun of this name when I was a kid. And I, uh, I decided to keep this name um, and, uh, you know, make sure that I can change this bad thing into a good thing. So, uh, you know, when I was growing up, people used to make fun of the name Ticha. Um, and then I decided to you know, change my life completely, lose 65 kilos of my weight, uh, and, you know, decided to keep the, the name Ticha and, you know, form the, uh, uh, the, the Ticha group. A little bit about, uh, you know, just where I, I, I was born uh, in Egypt. Uh, I went, I, I spent uh, some time in, in, in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I spent about three or four years in Kuwait. 
um, and then uh, came back to the UAE, and then I went to the United States of America, and then I came back to the UAE. Uh, so this is a little bit about me and about my story and about um, uh, you know the name. I'm a basketball player, uh, growing up from you know in in, in a basketball family. And, uh, you know, this is something that I'm very passionate about. I played professionally and I played college basketball in, in, in the U.S. Uh, actually, I had a, an interesting uh, uh, story because when I was in the U.S., I was playing basketball and I was getting my master's degree and I was teaching at the university, which is the first time that I had some of my students who were my teammates in the basketball team, which was like it, it was an awkward situation for everyone. Uh, but, yeah, this is a, a little bit about me. That's amazing. You know, you just mentioned you lost 65 kg, but you also mentioned you were the professional athlete for basketball. So I'm just trying to connect this both of it. When did you lose 65 kg and what actually inspired you to do so? I'm, I'm sure this is not something, any easy journey at all. It definitely is not an easy journey. Uh, you know, it, um, it was building up. I was always, and again, if, if there is any of your audience that played basketball, they'll really understand the different positions that I'm going to mention because I'm going to mention some technical names in basketball, if you will. Uh, but um, I was playing as a center because like center is the big man on, on the team. Usually they are the tallest and the biggest in size. And because of, I wasn't the tallest, but I was the biggest in size, you know, so I was stronger than any of the uh, uh, players around me. But everyone we used to say like, you know, this kid is talented uh he's talented but he's too slow he cannot move on the court but we can see the talent i used to score a lot of points and i used to you know have like some very nice passes and stuff so i was playing like a point guard i was playing like a like point guard is usually the short player on the on the on the team i was playing like a point guard but in a fat man's body uh and i you know i had to um to just listen to everyone and uh, uh you know decided to again as a player there was fans that used to come and i have videos of that fans that used to come and you know insult me and because of the fact that you're like the, the opposite fans used to insult as a kid and this was not easy when you have like five thousand six thousand people like making fun of you on a basketball court it's it's not easy and i had to just say look this is this is enough is enough and i changed my life and after i changed my life it was the best thing that i've ever done because uh, it turned into me forming an organization into me having my name uh, you know being uh, uh, put on 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 uh, uh, on devices into me being someone writing a book about my life in the us to you know me having you know creating a brand with this name and it all started from losing weight now I didn't only lose weight. I would not just, you know, uh, categorize myself as someone who just lost weight. And this is all of this happened just because of the losing weight. I, I, I was able to take the story and use the story and, um, you know, make something out of it. Uh, so again, after I lost the weight, I started getting offers. I got a scholarship in the University of Sharjah first. And then I got, uh, I was playing with Impact Sports professionally. I played for Zamalek team in Egypt professionally, and then I got uh, um, an offer to play uh, college basketball, which is one of the highest uh, divisions uh, um, in, in the world. College basketball is known. I used to play NCAA uh, in the United States of America. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I believe that's where this thing come out from a well, healthy building movement. So uh, I can now connect that dot there this you know and I, but of course i want you to share a lot more about the well healthy building movement well when when i first lost the weight i decided to give speeches uh you know in in schools and universities all over the world as you mentioned lena i gave about 
160 speeches to hundreds of thousands of people. I was a part of more than 100 events when, I, you know, I had uh, some of my team previously just put a kind of like a small stat uh, together and we reached up to like about 1.5 million people. Uh, when we when we look at all the events, some events I spoke in front of 10,000 people, for instance. Uh, so when we combine all these different events and speeches that I was able to give, we were able to touch the lives of like 1.5 million people, which is which is amazing. That's not, of course, that's not including social media or any of that stuff, which, as you know, has more reach than that. I, I, I know that some of my videos on Facebook, for instance, on my fan page, you know, reached to 1.5 million by itself. Uh, but I'm just saying physically we were able to speak in front of uh, uh, that many uh, people. So when I first... Um, back when I was in college, I was a freshman in college, and I just had this idea that uh, you can a degree is not enough. Uh, you know, it's like we're we we're, we live in a world that has seven billion people, um, and you know, like every single year there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are graduating, and they will have better grades than you from better universities than you, and you have to find a way to make yourself different. Um, and I, you know, I was like, you know, being in college is great. Reading books is great. Being educated is wonderful. I'm not saying that this, I'm someone that has a master's degree. So I believe firmly in education and the knowledge, but it's not enough. Um, and it's not, you know, if, if you decided to just be like anyone else sitting out there, um, it, it just won't, you know, it won't help you. You have to find a way to make yourself different. Um, so when I was a freshman in college, I, I started to think that people in college um, have a lot of free time and they don't know what to do with the free time. Either some people use it in partying, drinking, and doing all this type of stuff that just because of the fact that trying to use and consume their energy and their power and their free time. Because at the end of the day, you go to classes and then after the classes, you, if you don't do anything, then what else? You have to find something to do. So I decided during this time, I was like, I, I need to start something and I need to start something that is unique. Um, so I started this idea of Tika Group, which started, as I said, by giving speeches. All what we were doing, we were just giving speeches, nothing. We didn't have any ideas into, you know, growing it. And then I had the thought that college universities always lack that when they graduate, all companies say, I need experience. There is no experience. So I was able to use Tika Group as a brand and get the college universities to help me and use their talents to grow the brand. And oh, by the way, they can add this in their resumes when they exit the university. So at the time, I didn't have money to pay them salaries, but I was paying them experience. And I was like, there's a brand. We're going to grow the brand together and we'll can start doing a lot of great things. So if you're a graphic designer, come and design you know, the brochures and things for us. If you are, uh, uh, you know, you're good with websites, come and create our website. If you're good with social media, you... And I started growing the team until we had about 87 people globally that was a part of this. Um, oh. And uh, you know, we started expanding from speeches to actually doing um, 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 global events to doing big conferences and I, I remember, and again, it's, it's online. The last conference that I've done, we brought, it was under the patronage of His Highness Sheikh Sultan Al-Qasim, who's the ruler of Sharjah. And we brought the World Health Organization. We brought global universities from around the world. We invited 1,500 people under our umbrella. So all the, you know, all the students that was a part of this, they were treating it as this is their life because this is something that they are so proud of. This is something that they can add to their resumes and Back in 2000, and I'll, and I'll answer your question about the Healthy Believe movement, but back in 2012, if you go to my Tika Group website, 
I said bridging culture. My goal was bridging cultural gaps through healthy lifestyle programs all over the world. That that's before I even met Delos. I didn't even know anything about Delos. Um, so fast forward, I went to the uh, I went to the U.S. I started giving speeches there. People we used to put my photos on, on on subways and on the streets, and it was like a big deal for me to be you know speaking to some of these universities. And again, there's a lot of this stuff uh, available online. And I met um, in 2016. Uh, I was teaching at the university. I was teaching speech communications and race, gender, and human identity as one of the youngest instructors around the world. I was like the youngest that they've ever had. And I had about 500 students while I was playing basketball and at the same time getting my master's degree. Um, I met uh, the, 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 the chairman of, uh, of Delos, Paul Shala. And when we spoke, I told him, that, look, this is my story. This is what, what I built. And we clicked and he said, man, this is amazing. Let me tell you about what I have built. I said, tell me. And he started telling me about the healthy building movement of how he merged the health sciences with building sciences and invested heavily in research with Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Harvard School of Public Health, Columbia Medical School to look at indoor environments and how these indoor environments are impacting human beings' health. So we know that we spend over 90% of our times indoors, whether that's our homes, our offices, our schools, our hotels. We're always trapped inside buildings. We're always trapped inside four walls and a roof that we will call real estate. Um, so he started thinking of what can we do to impact these buildings and what can we do to add to these buildings to make these buildings healthier, to make these buildings work for us and not against us. Because the air that we're breathing, the water that we're drinking, the light that we're being exposed to, the sounds that we're hearing has a direct and profound impact at our health and well-being. And when I went to our office in New York, in Manhattan, I was like, this is amazing. It's, you know, if, if I had to plan this all my life to say that I, my goal was to bridge cultural gaps through healthy lifestyle programs, and this is what I was doing, and I end up working with the global authority on healthy buildings, I was like, this is amazing. This is just God knew my path. Um, 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 and I just wanted to make sure that this is something that you know, first of all, before I joined Dalos, I wanted to make sure this is something that I'm passionate about, which I was very, very, very passionate about, something that is very close to my heart. And I wanted to make sure that this is something that continues, something that I love so that when I work for the company, I'm doing it not to get paid at the end of the month. No, I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it. Yeah, that, that was definitely the question there, there and you answered it so highly. Because a person like who's running his own group, on own business, and why would he go and work for Delos, right? So... Yeah. Yeah, you're so passionate about bridging the culture with the healthy habits right up there. And it's just such a great contribution which you're doing it and by being with them, you know. And I also say that whenever you, any any business we are into it, unless we really love that and we have a passion towards it, we cannot be really doing justice to it. Right? And uh, you are contributing amazingly on that front for sure. Yeah, I, I look, as I said, this is, this is, uh... When you speak to me about Delos, as I said, I don't look at it as I'm an employee of this company. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm vice president for global market development, by the way, of this company. And I, I treat it like, like mine. Um, I'm, I'm super protective of it. Uh, it when, when we look at the things that we're doing with the company, um, by the way, we're in 107 countries okay. across, across 3.1 billion square feet of real estate have been client, like, you know, have been using our programs and standards. Um, we work with organizations like 
Microsoft, Google, Severe E, TD Bank, Heinz, JP Morgan Chase. In the UAE, we work with Expo 2020, Dubai Police, the Prime Minister's Office, the Crown Princess University, Majid Al Fatim, MAG, um, uh, Leans Education, ICD Brookfield, uh, Do Telecom, DY. All of these are our clients, by the way. So when I look at what we were able, and again, all these, some, some of these organizations, I worked with them before I joined Dales through Tifa Group. And now when I go to them with the healthy building movement and the standards and what they can do within the, their built environment and how they can make their buildings healthier, I'm like, this is amazing. This is, the, this is such, such an amazing um, uh, narrative and story that, you know, as I said, I was, when I started, I wanted to impact people in a way to change their bad habits and good habits and anything that relates to lifestyle. And now I'm continuing to be a part of a movement that is trying to impact buildings uh, and, and, and people that spend the majority of their time uh, 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 inside. I mean, how does it work? Like when you say changing inside the building, you know, so building is already made, right? People are working inside that building. How do you change that inside out? What, what change actually people bring in there? Right? Great. So there are several things. So, uh, you know, we have at, at Delos, the parent company, uh, you know, we, we have several, several things that we, uh, that, that we do, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about what, are, what, are, what are some of the organizations that you are doing? For instance, ICD Brookfield has recently achieved one of our programs that is called the well health safety rating. Uh, so the well health safety rating is an evidence-based third-party verified rating that could work for any type of building. So what we would do in this program is that we would verify their policies and protocols and make sure that they are actually, uh, uh, you know, that the, the buildings and, 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 and organizations are doing the right thing within their built environment to ensure health and safety. So we would look at things like um, health services. What are, what are organizations doing to communicate health and safety? What are organizations doing to prepare for an emergency? How are they assessing air and water quality? And this is a program that is looking primarily on their policies and protocols and documents. And it goes through a third-party review. So it goes through GBCI, which is Green Building Certification Inc. It goes through uh, 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 their, their organization. And they're the same governing body that, I don't know if you've heard of LEED or Green Building. They're the same governing body that does the testing for LEED. They do it for well. And if it's if, if all the policies based on the recommendations, of course, from CDC, WHO, our task force, the well-building standard, if all the policies align, it gets elevated to our wholly owned subsidiary, which is the International Well-Building Institute. The International Well-Building Institute says, yes, this is these policies meet the requirements. We would issue them a seal, a seal that they can put on the front door of their building, comes with a QR code so that you're able to communicate health and safety. So there's a lot of organizations that have done a lot of good work in their buildings but who can validate this? I can say, oh, I've done everything I can here in this building and my policies are the best, but who validated these? So we are positioned as the global authority on health and well-being for buildings around the world. Again, whenever you have time, you can look it up, the International Wellbeing Institute. We have about near to 35,000 projects in 107 countries, and we have 22,500 people that have studied for our exam in, 100, in 113 countries, and they become well-accredited professionals. So these are not people that work for us. These are people like you, Lena, like anyone um, in the industry can go online, study for our well-building standard. And if they pass the exam, they become well-accredited professionals or well-APs. And that's, that allows them to talk about the well-building movement, to talk about, uh, to consult sometimes on projects that wants to achieve one of our programs. Um, um, and, and that's how it works. That's one of the programs, the Well Health Safety Rating. But then we have something else called the Well Certification, which, you know, hits 
air, water, lights, acoustics, movement, nourishment, uh, 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 comfort, everything within the built environment, and we have thresholds. So the well certification, someone actually needs to come physically, meet, uh, come to your building and test air and see if your air meets the threshold of what the well building standard is. If it does, then you qualify for that. If not, they will give you recommendations of what you need to do in order for you to meet the threshold of the well building standard. And that's uh, that's how it goes. And we've been, as I said, approaching 3 billion square feet now in 107 countries of projects all over the world. That's such an amazing thing. And it's something quite new I'm learning here, of course. Because, right? <laughs> yes, it's sometimes when you have a little bit of allergies and all these things and say, oh, you have to purify your air like that. So these equipments go in the market and then we just pick up and we really don't know that how many other things plays a role in, in a well, uh, healthy environment. Um, it's such a interesting thing to learn about it, actually. You know, so. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, again, one of the things that makes us different is that as a company, we're a product agnostic company. Uh, so we, we don't manufacture uh, products. So we, we, don't, we don't come in and recommend, oh, this is what you need to use because there's a lot of products out there that are not even good for your health. Oh, really? They're not good. And we've tested everything. We've looked at everything. We actually have a 50-50 collaboration with Mayo Clinic where we've developed something called the Well Living Lab. It's in Rochester, Minnesota. It's on the Mayo Clinic's campus in Rochester, Minnesota, where it's a full lab and we're able to test everything. We're able to move walls and, you know, mimic a, a hospital room or a hotel room. And we're able to, we have every sensor that you can dream of. And we're able to conduct testing, um, uh, you know, live, and so that we're able to always offer the best in class uh, uh, products, technology standards, or what have you, to the um, uh, uh, to the industry. Uh, and again, which is why, when anything happens, when the pandemic happens, all these companies and global organizations came to us. You guys are the global authority on healthy buildings. Everything that you do is validated. And, and, and backed by science. Uh, um, uh, um, so what can we do? And we don't capitalize on any opportunity. We take our time to really do the research and to really understand what exactly is happening so that when we offer something, it is usually the best uh, when it comes to healthy buildings. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I mean, this is really uh, something very interesting for me to learn on that, really. Right, so we, moving on to my next question here. So, you know, I, we always pick up now one question from the audience here, and knowingly that you have been a motivational speaker and changing lives and millions of people, and that's what your passion is to touch many lives, and you have been doing that very active on social media, on all the channels, which I see, of course. Uh, just a quick question on that. People do try entrepreneurship, right? So as you are into it, people do also face some failures on that thing, and there are people who literally get failures, and then they need reason to bounce back. Is that what it is? Or they are basically pick it up themselves and bring it up. So would you share some of your experience here? Failure is a part of success. A lot of people don't understand failure. Failure, some people think, oh, I failed. Well, if you didn't fail, you cannot be successful. There's like, it is a part of success and it is a part of the process. If someone tells me I have this project and it's great and this is what it does, and they don't tell me what is the down, what happened or how did they fail or how did they get there? I know that there's something wrong because failure is a part of the process. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of different things, um, sometimes even away from, you know, starting a business or any of that stuff, um, um, 
you know, sometimes things happen to you for a reason. And, you know, sometimes when, 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 you know, you get into a car accident, for example, right. You're like, Oh my gosh, it's a new car. And it's that, and it's that, and you're always mad. You're always like, just sad because you know, you hit your car for instance, but I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that you should look at the positive. You should always think, okay, maybe this happened for a reason. Maybe if I didn't stop in this car accident, five minutes later, I could have been in a worse car accident than die. Um, so it's, it's all about the mindset of how you should look at things positively and not negatively. Because I believe that God does everything for a reason. There is nothing that happens to you for no reason. There is nothing, and I'll tell you, and you will, you will be surprised. I personally... And I don't know if I mentioned that to you offline or not. I personally had a, I was, I had a 5% chance of surviving because when I was in the US, I had a massive pulmonary embolism. So that means I had two massive blood clots on both of my lungs, blocked both of my lungs completely. Right. Um, that's why sometimes when I, when I hear the, um, the, uh, the quote by Eric Thomas, which is um, uh, uh, when you want to succeed, um, and I, are you able to hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I think, uh, okay, um, you know, when, when I hear the quote from Eric Thomas, uh, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. It's a very motivational quote, right? But not a lot of people understand what that meant. I love this quote because I, I've been through not being able to breathe. I've been through not being able to feel my lungs. I've been through being in a hospital and doctors telling me, look, you have to, um, you have to call your parents, you have to call your family, because we have a few hours here. And we because you both of your lungs are blocked, we're going to try, but there's no promises. Um, and again, in the US, they have to tell you what's happening, because that liability, they cannot lie to you. Like, if, if that happened in Egypt, they'll say, Oh, don't worry, you just have a flu. Don't worry, you're going to be good, just because they don't want to scare you. But the, you know, there, there's liability. And they told me this. And because of the fact <laughs> that I had a blood clot, right? And this blood clot, unfortunately, stopped me from playing college basketball. Guess what happened? So the blood clot was the worst thing that happened in my life. You know, I was literally going to die. I had a 5% chance of surviving. Um, I had this blood clot. And this blood clot stopped me from playing basketball in college, which was a very, it's, it was the biggest slap in my life, because I, I, I can't explain how much I love this game. But this blood clot made me go to New York, meet Paul, who's the founder and chairman of Delos. And when I was in New York, I started working for Delos. And if I didn't have the blood clot, I would have kept my college career and probably went back to Egypt and played basketball somewhere. I met my wife. Now I have two kids and it all happened in New York. If I did not have the blood clot, I don't know if I was gonna go to New York because my career, I, I was studying in West Virginia. I was playing college basketball in West Virginia. And when I, if, if this did not happen, I would have, my coach was, would have not allowed me to go visit someone in California who introduced me to the chairman who's in New York, which now became my career. And my family is here in Dubai. Everything happens for a reason. And a lot of times people, oh man, why is this happening to me? You just never know why this is happening to you. It could be happening to you because this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Even if it's the worst at the moment. Yeah, I totally, totally into it. I also believe firmly that everything happens in your life for you. 
you know so you just need to have a faith upon there and have a positive attitude towards the life right which is what we're driving us because if we have a negative things coming in mind so we attract negative stuff right so yeah and you just so awesomely said that how positive say, the lines are like you didn't go there, didn't it didn't happen, you wouldn't have been in your loss, you haven't been met in, maybe seen your wife there, and you're such a great journey, you just mentioned a small example, but described it everything, you know, on that, it's all about the positive attitude that you just mentioned. Very important, and look, as I said, I have a lot of people that are saying, man, I have the worst day of my life, and when you ask them, it's like, are you really having the worst day of your life? Are you really, do you, and again, there's one of the things that and again, people tend to always complain. That's just a human nature. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too ugly. I'm too beautiful. I'm too... People usually just... We tend to complain, right? About something. We just want to complain. Oh, man, I don't have the iPhone 13. I still have the iPhone 12, right? That's just, just human nature. Oh, man, I wish I'm making this much money. Oh, man, I wish I'm in this title. Oh, man, I... But we never think... And this is something that I, again... I, maybe this experience that happened to me is what, uh, you know, made me think that way is that for instance, when I wake up in the morning, what do you, guess what's the first thing that I do when I first wake up in the morning, what do you, what do you think is the first thing that I do? A prayer. Being grateful. A prayer, of course, all of this, of course, absolutely. The first yeah. thing that I do when I wake up is I check on my lungs. Just, okay. I'm able to breathe. Okay. That's a good thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah. because I've gone through an experience that taught me that breathing is very important. Sometimes people don't, um, don't have this. They, they just take everything for granted. A bottle of water is a blessing. Breathing is a blessing. Looking, having eyes is a blessing. Smelling. There are people that cannot get access to water. And we complain about... And if you, if you go to these countries that I've been to some of these countries where people literally are, you know, putting things together and putting, you know, uh, plastic uh, uh, waterless bottles so that they can walk on something, mm. give them some, anything, you'll see how happy they are. And we tend to just, and I think that when you do this and you keep complaining, just like, I, I'm always afraid from, from, from God. So whenever God gives me anything. It's just like I'm. Thank you, God. This is a blessing. Whatever it is, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a cup of water, if it's a phone, if it's a life, if it's a roof on your head, stop complaining. That's why I'm saying you're saying someone started a business and they failed, and now they just feel that like it's the end of the world. Man, come on. This is like, no, <laughs> like, no. There are other people that are dealing with stuff that you don't even, you can't even imagine. So, always just be having this positive mindset and knowing that. You're better than millions of people and that you always have to believe that everything is happening in your life right now for a reason. And it's always a better reason. You never know when it, is. it could be in 10 years from now, but it's yeah. always a better reason. Yeah. For. If you can tell me your daily habits because keeping yourself that kind of a positivity, I'm sure there are habits which you follow, which keeps you so fresh, energetic and so positive. You know, that's something a part of your routine. I would really love to know about that. Several things. Uh, you know, I, I would start by saying that whenever you do anything, um, I'm going to say three things. Uh, you know, whenever you do anything in your life, you have to love what you do and learn to love what you do and really do it well. Right? These sound very simple. It's not, oh, man, what, what, what nice words. They're very simple, but they're, they're really not. Um, when I say love what you do, 
because of the fact that I love what maybe, and again, I, I know that this is not probably people are listening to us. This is not recorded, but I'm just going to turn this around and show you like a, a whiteboard right here on my, on my wall. So this is one of the things that I personally do, right? I, by the end of each day, I look at this board. I'm like, okay, these are the things that I have to do. What have I learned today? That's, that's one of the things that I, that I always do. I don't, there are some days that I'm super busy and I don't learn anything and I give myself a score. So today I have two out of 10. Today I'm not, I'm not pleased with myself. Tomorrow I learned one thing. Today I'm very pleased with it, nine out of 10. And I go every week and, and, and kind of like take an average. Uh, you know, uh, what did I do? How, how did I do this week? Am I pleased with myself or am I not pleased with myself? And, and it's, it's kind of like, it just builds this accountability to yourself because the problem nowadays that we are all facing in the, in the era of social media and technology is that, you, you know, you, you can easily waste five, six, seven, eight hours without knowing what you, what exactly, like sometimes you, you go to TikTok and that's me, but like, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And you just, you're like, wait a second. I just came here for a reason. I wanted to research something. And this is the algorithms, the way the algorithms work, because social media uh, uh, platforms, they want you to stay on them. That's why you will get notifications. That's why you will get, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, this person, tag this person. And there is a way for them to keep you on this device. Um, and it's just like, if you're not accountable to yourself, you're going to be lost in the social media world, in the internet world. Like, and how many times, Lena, have you gone to Google to look for something and you ended up looking at something else yeah <laughs> two or three hours looking for something else that has nothing to do with what you were looking for um and and I, and I think accountability to yourself is key here and when i say that you have to always know that you're competing against seven billion people that's in my brain i'm competing against seven billion people what will make me different and what will make me stand out and if i am like everyone else that does these things, then I'm never going to stand out and I'm going to have to just be an ordinary person. And I always, you know, have this visual of my, of, in my brain is that if I'm, an air, if I'm in an airplane or if I'm in a helicopter, looking at everyone down, like a lot of people, let's say I'm, I'm able to see a big group of people. If I'm between those people, what will make me different? And I always say there's a difference between someone that is on the stage and someone that is listening. What will make you be the person that is on the stage? I would never want to be listening. I definitely want, I love listening to people, but I never want to be sitting with the crowd. So, Tika, before we close on it, this is something which I want to know about that. What's your personal definition of success? What's your version of success? Okay, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good question. And a lot of people view this uh, differently. A lot of people see success as money or fame or I, I, I don't see it like that. I, I think success is being the best version of yourself. Success is not wanting to be, I want to be like this person or I want to be like this person. No, success, like I want to be the best version of myself where I want to be role models for others. Um, one of the things that I always say is that I want to leave a legacy before I die. Um, you know, I always want to be remembered for all the great things that I have done. Um, you know, there are, there are people, and again, it, it, some people might think negatively a little bit about that. Like you're talking about death. Um, it's the only truth about life. It's, it's going to happen one day or another to all of us. And I want to make sure that when I'm gone, 
I leave something behind me. Uh, I don't want to be like, oh, it's just another guy uh, who, 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 who just left. And I think that is truly success. And if you want to leave a legacy and you want to be remembered and you want to, you know, do something that others didn't, you have to kind of have this attitude of like, I want to be the best version of myself. Um, whatever that may be, uh, it could be the best employee in my job, or it could be the best uh, family person, or it could be the best uh, businessman, or it could be the best, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But I, I want to be able to stand in the mirror and look at myself and I'm competing with myself. I'm like, I, I want to be the best version of myself. And I like, do I have role models? And do I like people? Of course, of course, there are people that are great, but they're great. That's, that's them. I want to be the best version of myself, uh, you know, at my own pace. I don't want to be like, oh, I want to be like Bezos. Everyone wants to be like Bezos. Everyone wants to have a trillion dollars. Great. That's Bezos. No, I want to be the best version of me. I don't want to be like, he is like Bezos. No, I want to be like, he's like Tikha. That's for me, is, 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 is true success. Is not to want to be like others, but to be the best version of yourself. That's impressive. That's really impressive. The best version of ourselves. And I think in what you currently said that we are competing against the 8 billion people up there. And we really can't be be, be somebody uh, because that seat is already taken. Yeah. So yeah. we can only be the best version of ourselves. And I think that that's what I focus always on to it. And I just feel like, yeah, the journey we've gone through and what where we are sitting is amazing. And then again, keep competing against yourself by looking in the mirror what you want to be, what you want to say to yourself, what's the best version of you look like, you know, so it's a very impressive answer, I would say that. Yeah, but a lot think, of people waste time, as you said, Lena, there's a lot of people that are wasting time to be others. Focus on yourself, focus on your career. As you said, I love that. This seat, this seat is already taken. Create another one. Like, you know, don't like, I, I totally agree. You have to find a way to be the best of yourself and not to just waste so much time of like, what did he do? How does he live? What are his habits? And, and a lot of people say, I've, I've heard an interview by, uh, by, by Bezos, uh, which he said uh, it's uh, sleeping is key, like very important for me. It's a, it's a key uh, uh, thing to my success. I have to get, I think he said eight or 10 hours. I'm not, I don't remember, but he said, I have to get my eight hours of sleep. And I had someone who was telling me, well, Bezos said he gets eight hours. Exactly. Who said it? It's Bezos. Because he, he, he can afford to sleep eight hours because he's Bezos. When you're Bezos, go sleep 16, you know, like, but it's, it's always like these comparisons of like, he said that when you're him and, or where you're close to him, maybe, uh, but you're now where you're at. So focus on what you need to do. And that can mean sacrifice. That can mean not sleeping at night. That can mean uh, a lot of different things that you need to do to get to where you want to be. That was one of the most meaningful conversation actually I've ever had. I'm sure this episode will benefit our listeners a big time and a special thanks to you, Deka, for agreeing to be on this podcast. <laughs>